I'm sitting here on KZSU 90.1 FM with Mazen Hajar, the CEO for 961 Beer. We're sitting enjoying a beautiful view from his office here in Lebanon. And Mazen has kindly agreed to speak with us today about the founding and the establishment of his 961 Beer Company, including the label and how it all came about. Mazen, thank you for being here on KZSU 90.1 FM, Stanford University. I would uh, like to welcome you and thank you for taking the time today to speak to us about your amazing business here. How are you doing today, Mazen? Well, thank you for having me. Uh, can, Rami, get out. If we're gonna do this, get out. Get out, you noisy fuck. Okay, so uh, Mazen, can you tell us a little bit about how this whole concept started, this whole company began, what year and under what circumstances, please? Well, thank you for having me uh, with you guys. Um, the company started really as an idea in about uh, the year 2000, initially. And um, I'm, I'm a big fanatic of food, beverage, good food, good, good beverages. And I, it, it always struck me that in Lebanon we have pretty good wine, amazing Arab, which is kind of an uzu type uh, drink. But we really only have had one brewery for the last 75 years. Really? Um, and, and that brewery, unfortunately, made your run-of-the-mill average uh, pilsner, kind of the commercial stuff that you get everywhere, pretty tasteless. And um, I took a decision to learn more about making beer. And, you know, it, 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 was, it was very tough in the beginning because um, there are no breweries in the region. And I was the only guy who was interested in the subject, couldn't even find books. So I was ordering everything I could get off Amazon, wow. reading up. Um, and about five years later, I met my Danish partner in 2005, uh, Henrik Hagen. He was walking down the street um, from my house and I, I bumped into him accidentally. I'd never met him before. And he was there on a, on a five-day trip. He'd never been to Lebanon before. So we hung out and uh, on the last day, just before he left, we were having dinner. And he said, well, you keep nagging about aviation. I was the CEO, the youngest CEO of an airline. I raised the... Uh, quite a chunk of money to start the first airline when I was 29. Wow. It was supposed to be the first low-fare airline in the Middle East, but then the Lebanese government wouldn't grant us the rights to break the monopoly of uh, Middle okay. East Airlines, our national carrier. I see. So, but, but you segue. Yeah. So uh, he, he, I was nagging about working in airlines and what a tough life it is to, to take 180 flights a year and, and not have a home. And he said, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to start a beer company and uh, brew some beer. And <laughs> His girlfriend had come back from the toilet, so the conversation ended back then. And we went off into, uh, what are you having, and blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, two weeks later, I got a phone call after he'd gone back, saying, wow, I had a great time in Beirut, that was amazing, and by the way, screw you. I'm like, why? He goes, well, I haven't slept for two weeks thinking about this beer idea. And if you want to take it to the next level, and if you let me, I'll, I'll co-invest with you. And basically, it started off me and him putting in equal amounts of money and just starting a little project that kind of took a life of its own and started growing dramatically. And funnily enough, uh, we actually, the company materialized during the July 2006 siege on Lebanon, uh, which was probably the toughest time in, Lebanon, in modern Lebanese history in the, in the post-2000. Um, we were being bombed and Henrik's money had arrived about three days before the bombing started. And I had just quit my job as the advisor to the Crown Prince of Ras al-Khaimi and, and running their national airline. And uh, we, I was here to establish the beer, and suddenly I wake up one morning and the airport's being bombed, and then all hell breaks loose. Oh, and I'm, 
I'm sitting there going, oh my God, my, my partner's Danish. He's been here three times prior to the conflict and now there's a war, so he's going to freak out. Um, six or seven days later, I, get, I finally get a phone call from Henrik and uh, bombs are falling outside the window. And he goes, what is this noise? I'm like, uh, it's bombs. He goes, oh my God, it's serious. I'm like, yeah, they're bombing us. He goes, so uh, did you register the company? I'm like, Henrik, your money's safe. I'll just transfer it as soon as I can back. What are you, an idiot? You don't, try, you don't set up the company? I'm like, no. He goes, well, go set it up. I'm like, the country's being bombed. The, the, the government's shut down. Right. How can we set it up? He goes, uh, I'm sure Lebanon will bounce back. This is just a phase. What are you, an idiot? We can tell people we set up a company under siege. It'll be so unique. Wow. And that was the day when I got up, I called all my friends over, and that was the first brew we ever did. Which turned out to be absolutely undrinkable. It was rubbish. It was muck. It was full of fungus. It was so bad. And I was still insisted on trying it because I had brewed this thing and waited two weeks for it. And it looked green and smelled foul. Because I didn't know. And then we read some more and started brewing some more. And eventually we had Sunday research sessions. I mean, literally, we were brewing on my oven top. We were the only people in the region brewing beer. At home. And this is all 2006. This is 2006. I mean, it, it took a life of its own, and I started realizing that when people would come over and, uh, you know, we, my partners would come over on Sunday and have, I would cook and we would have research sessions where we basically drank ourselves silly with a beer, wow. um, tasting all the different stuff that we had brewed. And then suddenly people started bringing people in, and I would be like, sorry, I haven't cooked enough food. And they would be, no, no, we're just here for the beer. And one night, at 10 p.m., I had two guys stop at my door, knock at the door at or completely. I open the door, there's two guys standing there, and they're like, are you Maz and Hajar? I'm like, yeah. They go, well, we've already made good beer, can we buy some? And I felt like some drug pusher yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the night trying to push this beer down people's throat. So we took a decision to buy the first brewery from Canada, and that's when I took things seriously. I flew to Montreal, I took an advanced brewmaster's class, which lasted about a month, and then I flew back, and we had taken delivery of this brewery, which came in pieces. Wow. We, me and my partner, uh, at this point, Omar had joined us. Me and Omar opened up these, these uh, containers, and we had 4,000 pieces of valves and butterfly valves and, uh, you know, uh, connectors and adapters and all sorts of weird stuff we'd never seen before. And uh, we had no engineering map. So we called the Canadian company that sent us the brewery, and we said, can we have the engineering maps? And they said, uh, this is not a Lego set. Have you, have you never put a system together? We said, no. And they said, what are you, idiots? <laughs> you, buy a, you buy a brewery with absolutely no, no knowledge? Wow. Yeah. Uh, we can send you an expert. It's $10,000 every three days, and it'll take them about three months to put the thing oh together. And we were like, right, we have about <laughs> enough money to pay for three days. So we, we figured it out. We put the brewery together. We started brewing, the first day we started brewing was July 2007 on the big system and uh, that went well surprisingly, despite the big disclaimer we got by email from the Canadian company saying, don't be an idiot, don't do this, don't brew on your own, have us check it out, it might explode, someone might get hurt mm -hmm. um, we brewed and sent them the pictures, so they called us up the next day and said, you guys are uh, either insane or geniuses. Mm. Either way, we'd like, to we'd like to use you as kind of poster child to, oh, see, wow. to show how, how simple it is to brew on our system. 
Um, so that, that, that was a big encouragement for us. Um, we opened our pub in September 07 and finally the beer became available. And this pub is uh, in what area? It was in Jamaisi, in Shafi'i. Oh, okay, so we're talking Be- Beirut. Beirut, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the idea behind the pub was quite simple. We didn't want to go into the market. Uh, we were afraid that, one, we're introducing a brand new product and people were not going to understand what a red ale and what a stout is and what a wood beer is. Because they've only been exposed to Heineken Almaza, which is a Heineken-owned brand, Budweiser, Corona. And now you're going to come in with a stout, a red ale, an imperial stout, a double IPA, all that kind of good stuff. Um, we had built up the hype through our friends on Facebook, funnily enough. Yeah. And before we even opened, before there was a bottle of 961 out in the market, we had 1,500 uh, members of the group. There were no fan pages back then. Wow. So um, we took a decision, I remember, Thursday night at 9 p.m. to open the bar the next day. So we didn't actually hold a hosting, invite people or anything. We just sent a message to the group saying, guys, we're open tomorrow, come try us out. And when we opened, our lager kegs weren't working. So we only had an imperial stout, which was um, 8.5% alcohol with espresso coffee added to it. Oh, wow. So imagine this, this, this society had been psyched up about this beer. And they come into the bar, they, ob- they order a beer. And they get this dark thing that smells of coffee and it's really tasty. They're used to watery beer. And it it shocked the brains of people. We opened, the place had 80 seats. We had 300 people standing outside the the place and we had 150 inside. Wow. Wow. And so now the beer is kind of sold all over Lebanon? Yeah. Is it through distributors? Is it available online? We've gone... We've gone through a two-tier phase in our life. I mean, our brewery ideally was, we had set up the bar as kind of a flagship store where people would come in and interact with us and we would talk to them about each of the individual styles of beer and kind of educate people about what, what we're trying to do because we thought that traditional media would never get this done. Uh, so the minute you walked into the bar, you got a sampler set of six beers. And we had brewed 20 beers over the time we had the bar open. And then suddenly uh, we, we started bottling in March 08, about two, three years ago, three years ago. We started bottling in March 08, and when we first hit the market, we sold nothing. I mean, we sold 50 cases a month. Then we sold 20 cases a month, and we thought, oh my God, this is going to be a flop. It's a catastrophe. Um, we were producing 1,000 cases a month. That was our capacity. That's all we could produce. Simply, we didn't have enough tanks. Uh, And at that point, it didn't really matter. It looked like we were going bankrupt. And so we kept bankrolling this out of our own pockets, Mm. getting a few of the other friends to put in some money. And then I don't know what happened or why it happened, but suddenly demand started growing. And by March 09, we couldn't keep up. So we had to close the bar in March 09 to focus on the beer and it was selling out. We would put the beer on the shelves on Tuesday, it was out by Wednesday. And people would come up to me and say, did you guys go bankrupt? We can't find your beer anywhere. Mm. Uh, I got phone calls from ambassadors, one of the ambassadors here in town and she says, you know how hard politics are in Lebanon? I said, yeah. She goes, well, my hardest job is finding your, your beer. Wow. So it, it, was, it was at that point that we took a decision to really take it to the next level. Um, so we were producing 200, 250,000 bottles a year. 
we decided to up our production capacity to 5 million, thinking we'll produce 2.5 million and we'll have 50% capacity spare to grow. We found a new location to house the facility. We designed and custom built the brewery in Lebanon. So everything's Lebanese made. So we're speaking about this brewery. This actual brewery that you're in. And we took the keys of this place. We closed down the old brewery in December 2009. Took the keys here in, on the 1st of March and moved in and started work. Now, uh, Murphy's Law, if anything might go wrong, it probably yeah, well. will. So we only finally got the beer out the, sh out the door back again a month and a half ago. So there was a year's gap of oh, absolutely no beer. So this is pretty recent. It's yeah. almost like a relaunch or launch of the... Of the absolutely, product. absolutely. And the problem was we were getting all these phone calls. I mean, we're a tiny brewery, really tiny. I mean, we produced a thousand cases a year, a month. And, and we were on CNN, the BBC, Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, Time, uh, Time Out London, Monocle, Wallpaper, uh, you name it, we were on it. French TV, German radio, German TV, Der Spiegel. Uh, and there was a lot of media interest. And every time an article would come out, we would get requests from all over the world. We want your beer. It seems to taste good. Nice. So when we... Relaunched. We didn't really relaunch because the people were calling us, harassing us. Our customers were like, come on, give me something, anything, give me a fix. Um, so we relaunched this time with two brands. So we added onto the 961 portfolio another beer called Lebanese Brew. Mm. And that was a, a better brewed pilsner, a real pilsner. Uh, and I think what is happening in the States right now in the craft beer industry is there are all these extreme beers coming out. Everyone's doing crazy things in beer. It's much harder to brew a good session beer. And technically, it's the most difficult thing for me to brew is a, is a good pilsner. So it was kind of a trip down technical lane rather than kind of the emotional, oh, I think this tastes great and let me try it in beer and see what happens. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get my creative juices going, but it keeps me technically sound. Um, 961, we've readjusted some of the regular beers that we have. So now we have a lager, a red ale. We're coming out with our porter next week and our wit beer in two weeks. Wow. We're going to add on top of that an IPA and a Trappist triple. Okay, these are very technical terms for, for me and my listeners, but we're um, well, the, understanding in, in, in layman's terms. The, the triple is, is a beer traditionally brewed by the monks in Belgium. It's a 9% ah, beer. Okay. Uh, our twist on it is we add chamomile to it. Um, the IPA is, is widely available. It's, it's kind of a, our, our take on it is we're going to continuously hop a West, West Coast style IPA. So we're not doing anything original, but we're bringing something quite, quite unique to the region. Um, our Red Ale is, is a really nicely hoppy beer, not bitter, but hoppy, uh, not excessively bitter. Very malty, very, very uh, rich in malt. Uh, amber, dark amber color. Our lager is a pre-prohibition American lager, so it's not oh, one of those typically flavorless lagers. Right. And we use a lot of cascade hops in that. And our porter is a traditional English porter. We did some historical research and we tried to replicate what they were doing historically. And our wit beer is, is kind of a... Uh, we add local wheat into it and we add local coriander and, and orange peel which comes off the farms next to us. Nice. Um, so we're, we're doing a lot of really cool stuff, but we also have another series coming out, which will be the Brewmasters edition. And these are the, 
that's where the creative juices start going. So our first in the series is going to be a collaborative brew with Anders Kissmeyer. Um, he's the guy who uh, was responsible for setting up Nürburgring, which is one of the best breweries coming out of Denmark. It's a microbrewery. He's a judge on the World Beer Cup, and he used to be a brewmaster at Carlsberg for, for several years. Um, we've just designed the first Lebanese pale ale. It's a twist on the American pale ale or British pale ale style with a lot of Lebanese herbs and spices in it, like za'atar, ma, all those kinds of good wow. things that we put on our own food. Yeah. And there's quite a few more coming out in the series, and these will be available, obviously, and uh, we're, we're still in the early stages of planning, but those are going to be the really arty beers that we're going to do. Oh, it sounds really impressive. Mazen, to hear you like speak like this, it's very difficult to think that you stumbled onto this sort of by accident with your idea. It's only been a few years and you've uh, sort of mastered the craft and are looking forward to, to launching many more uh, products, I think, with your 961 beer. Two last questions for you, Mazen, probably simplistic ones, but the title, 961 beer, does that have to do with... Uh Area code for Lebanon. It is absolutely our way of saying we're proud to be Lebanese. It's it's the national country code, telephone dialing code for Lebanon, for Lebanon. and it is absolutely our way of of uh, you know being proud. I mean, just that name and and the the idea of someone Lebanese actually coming out. I mean, beer originated in this region. And beer is credited with modern human civilization. Which is something that I think our listeners in the, in the West and in California find it very, you know, yeah. surprising. Uh, but uh, beer has existed sort of in, in Lebanon. And Lebanon has produced beer. It's just that maybe now we're moving into a, a sort of more refined, more uh, specific... Beer, beer started in Lebanon, Iraq, Syria and Jordan. With the Sumerians, with the with the Mesopotam with the Mesopotamians, with the Egyptians, beer. The first traces of any beverage on Earth is 9,000 BC, wow. and the Sumerians the, uh, had a had a god called Ninkasi for beer. So beer originally came from this region and then spread across the world. Our concept is to bring beer back into the region and make us proud again. And put Lebanon on the map. Absolutely, in the absolutely. Do you hope to export, begin exporting to the West? Yeah, so uh, the United States. So we had built a facility that handles five million up from two hundred thousand, and we quickly sold out, wow. ten times our capacity. So now we're now we're pushing our limits. We're we're getting more equipment, and we're going to be producing ten million bottles next month. Wow. Um, on an annual level. So now we're at 10 million bottles annual production level and we, have, we will be exporting to the US. We're in the, in the final phases of negotiating with distributors there. We're already in Hong Kong, we're already in the UK, we're already in Canada. We're going to be in France, Spain, Sweden, Denmark, Finland, Australia, um, uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, Switzerland, uh, Guadeloupe, Martinique, the 16 different countries. Uh, and, and, and it's catching on. The problem is I can't service all these all these markets all at the same time. So now, one year later, one and a half years after we moved into this facility, we're already looking to custom build our own facility and grow our production up to probably around 65 million bottles a year. Yeah. 
So for our listeners and listeners on the globe, I guess the, the website is www.961beer.com. Absolutely. And that would give us information on, uh, you know, what's been happening, what the new uh, line is, etc. Mazid Hajjad, what an amazing entrepreneur and sort of, are you representative of the Lebanese spirit of entrepreneurship? And uh, is this sort of typical of what's happening in Lebanon these days where people are taking risks, uh, investing their own money into uh, businesses, it does not have to be beer, but just in general a commentary on what, how unique is your project in terms of you launching yourself into a whole I think I'm spectrum. representative of the new Lebanon. You know, Lebanon is reinventing itself and, and becoming more... Lebanon's image forever had been associated with the civil war that we had. And that people forget this was over 25 years ago, 30 years ago now. And uh, 20 years, 30 years ago, 20? Well, 1991. Right. And, and uh, sorry, began in 1975, yeah. ended in 1991. Yeah. So, so people, you know, when, when you say Beirut, they kind of with these horrible things. And it's, it's over the last 10 years that really Lebanon has been coming out of that image and becoming, the New York Times picked us as the number one destination, touristic destination worldwide. Yes. Uh, we were picked as one of the top three in Lonely Planet, uh, the destinations you had to visit. And, and all of a sudden, Lebanon's put on this cool image where people now think more of the nightlife, the cultural element, the food. And it's, it's a birth of a new Lebanon, the way I see it. And there are a lot of really cool people doing really cool things in Lebanon. Um, there's, there's a lot happening in the arts field, a lot happening in the food and artisanal food. And it's, it's really refreshing to be in Lebanon because you're mingling with all these really great people who have their own passions and their own ideas. And it, it's, it's just a time of change in Lebanon. Absolutely. And you seem to be very representative of that change by staying here and staying Absolutely. put and uh, sort of sp uh, spreading internationally whilst being located. I love my country. This is, this is where I was born and this is where I plan to die, hopefully. Mazid Hajar, typical of the Lebanese entrepreneurial spirit and a wonderful guy sitting here with me today on KZSU 90.1 FM. Mazin, thank you very much. If you ever come to Stanford, make sure you bring us some samples of those beers. We will uh, spread them around the campus. We've got a lot of frat guys and sorority girls who would love to taste your beer. For information, they can go to www.961beer.com or they can even email you, Mazen, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Mazen.hajar, M-A-Z-E-N dot H-A-W-J-A-R at 961beer.com or find us on Facebook or Twitter. Absolutely. And if you do, make sure you click on that like button. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Mazen. After all this, I think we need to go taste this little sample of your beer. You've got, you've got my appetite. Wedding over here. Thank you very much, Mazin. Thank have you. A, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Subscribe.